WFYI podcast brought to you by Bloomington, Indiana, an American college town offering food and drink, college sports, outdoor activities, live music, cool art, and good times daily. Everyone is welcome in Bloomington. More information at visitbloomington.com. We're going to take a trip right now. Like we always do about this time. This is a journey into sound. I'm Kyle Long, and you're listening to Cultural Manifesto, made possible in part by the Indianapolis Foundation, celebrating over 100 years of service. On tonight's show, I'll be speaking with one of my favorite Indianapolis musicians, Kate Lamont. Through the years, Kate has performed a variety of music, from the experimental hip-hop soul of Mab Lab to the Americana folk of Blueprint Music. Kate has a new solo album coming out titled What Happens Next Is Everything. It's her third solo release, and we'll be previewing some songs off the record tonight. Let's get things started with the first single off What Happens Next Is Everything, a song titled On Again. But first, let's listen to Kate talk about some of the changes in her life that influenced the music on What Happens Next is Everything. And one of those changes included Kate relocating from Indianapolis to San Francisco. I um, I haven't been focusing on music for the last six and a half years. Um, And part of that is because I had to make, you know, some decisions that were going to help me take care of my family you know there was there was a there was a a, a definite shift where um i kind of had to just survive and and you know try something different and i ended up um you know honestly being able to move to california because of a great job that i was offered in management consulting so um ironically i'd asked the universe to uh, help me learn <laughs> business, <laughs> and it just worked out that way that that I was able to go and and learn all these skill sets that I that I didn't have in music um, yet. And and like I think the story of the record is combining. It, it was having to put what I thought I was the only thing I could focus on. You know, musically writing, um, performing, recording, like. Those things are so natural to me, and I was focusing on those things all the time, right? But I kind of had to put all that on hold to learn the other pieces that I needed to learn. And so the album is sort of the story of that journey of, like, you know, going through the lessons and, and, you know, the hardships that come from being separated from the thing that you love but also taking, taking you know, all the lessons and all the opportunities to learn something new and then be able to kind of come back and, and put it all together and, and, and come back to yourself. So the, the single, On Again, the lyrics are very specific to that, you know. Um, it might sound like I'm talking to another person, but I'm actually referring to myself in that, um, when I, in the lyrics to that song. Um, but, yeah, it's about literally being turned on again in the, in the sense that you know you're 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 literally flipping the switch back on your creative uh, drive or creative side with the first single off her new album this is Kate Lamont with on again 
Kyle Long, and you're listening to Cultural Manifesto. We just heard On Again, the first single off Kate Lamont's new album, What Happens Next is Everything. That track is available as a 7-inch vinyl recording, and you can go to katelamont.com to purchase a copy. Let's join my conversation with Kate Lamont. When I think of you, I think of a person who's a great songwriter and musician, but I think of your voice first and foremost, this very unique and uh, distinct instrument that you have. Mm. And, you know, you've used this in a variety of settings, from R&B to country music, folk music. When did you first become aware you had this kind of unique gift or, or instrument at your disposal? That's a good question. In terms of knowing that I had a a, a gift of singing and being able to connect with with um, audience members or people in the congregation, church was a you know a big one. I started singing in the church choir um, when I was probably thirteen. In high school, uh, I also joined the the high school choir and started doing competitions. Um, you know, I think. Glee Club is probably what they called it, or you know, there's even a TV show now I think called Glee, but we called it Show Choir, and you know we did uh, competitions all over the region. We had a fantastic choreographer from Chicago who whipped us into shape, and our choral director Deb- Deborah Hildebrand Andis, she was also um, just one of those people that kind of never let you stop to to like feel good about your <laughs> winning. She's like, wipe those smiles off your faces. We got another competition next weekend. So um, anyway, the point is we did competitions. I started to get a lot of comments from people at those competitions when I did solos. And people just saying, wow, you know, I wasn't expected to be uh, touched at a show choir, high school show choir competition, you know. So I remember that being like, oh, wow, this is maybe something bigger than me. And, um, you know, my pastor growing up, he he always um, just looked me right in the eyes and, you know, he just said, just just keep singing, you know, always, always sing. And, you know, you have a gift. And I think, I think the combination of hearing um, that, I mean, praise, but also encouragement, from adults at, at that time, you know, 13, 14, 15, around that time, um, had a huge impression on me. And, and I realized, like, I had something, you know, that was that was much bigger than me. I felt like a, a, a vessel, I think, already at that point. But I think you really nailed it when you said I use it as an instrument because I guess, like, when did I know that it was that I had the ability to be versatile? Would The answer to that might be, around like 1998 or so I remember meeting um, Devin Ashley he was uh, drumming with a band at the time called Echinacea and our bands ended up lining up and playing up on the college campus of Ball State and I just remember being blown away by him the first time I saw him and he had he really thought I had something too and we talked that night and I remember he encouraged me and um, brought me to um, an event do you remember, was it Lockerbie Square? There used to be a coffee shop. The Abbey or what? No? I don't think it was yeah. the Abbey. Well, maybe it was. Maybe that was like the original location or something. But they had a little 
uh, outdoor festival there, and he invited me to come. And uh, a lot of people that I ended up working with performed at that little outdoor festival outside of that Lockerbie coffee shop. And um, I remember afterwards there ended up being like an impromptu cipher at Mike Graves, uh, you know, DJ Dickie Fox's house. And so we got there and, you know, I was dressed from head to toe. I mean, I had long straight hair. I think I was wearing like one of my mom's outfits from the 60s. I was kind of, you know, not looking like I knew the first thing about hip hop. And I really didn't. I mean, I knew I liked A Tribe Called Quest and I liked some other groups that um, that I had started to get to know in high school and early college days. But, but I didn't really know much about the music or integrating into the music at that point. And he made me get up in the cipher and he was just like you better get up there I was like what <laughs> what do you mean he's like look just sing something when I've never been so terrified but I stood in that circle and I just listened to everybody I didn't know what I was gonna do but I just I thought I better figure this out quick because you know the beat's going and it's going and it's going and people are taking turns and some people go quickly some people had a lot of verses and I remember um, just listening and so by the time it got to me I had had the idea like okay I'm just gonna sing about what they were singing about and then they'll know I was listening so I did it and it worked and there was a connection there that happened and I think in that moment I I sort of knew oh if I listen you know I can really start to understand where anybody's coming from musically you know and I can try to respond to that and yeah I feel like I've done that in a lot of different genres now talked about this experience singing in church Mm -hmm. and in the show choir. When was the first moment you started thinking about applying your voice in settings outside those environments? Maybe doing something, you know, a solo project or or getting involved with a band. Was there a moment you can think of that you kind of started to move in that direction? Yeah, it was, I was, I was uh, going to Ball State. Um, I was majoring in something totally different than music, and I I saw an ad in the, I think it was called the Discount Den, which is like, you know, they sold books and and whatever, convenience or store stuff, and everybody would go in there, and um, there, there was like taped to the, the register to the checkout, um, just taped on the counter was like a sign that said, look, 
and I looked and and then it was like looking for a singer blah 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 and I can't remember exactly what it said but it was very short and kind of quirky and I was like I pulled it up off the counter and I went home and I think I had never been separated from music as much as I was during that time when I was studying it was architecture at the time um like, I don't think I played the piano for months at a time. It was moving away from home was the first time I'd not had a piano in front of me. And, um, yeah, so I think I had been a little bit disconnected. And something just struck me when I looked at that. And I was like, I need to do music. And so I called called it up. And that was Doug Sauter of, of uh, Blueprint Music. And we ended up writing together for 20 years. listening to Cultural Manifesto. My guest tonight is Kate Lamont. And later on in the program, I'll be sharing tracks off Kate's new album, What Happens Next is Everything. You can catch a special daytime performance from Kate at Eskenazi Hospital on Thursday, June 28th at 12 p.m. And later that evening, Kate will be a pioneer in Fountain Square. That show starts at 10 p.m., and tickets are $7. For more information on Kate's music and upcoming shows, go to katelamont.com. Let's return to my conversation with Kate Lamont as she talks about forming the experimental hip-hop soul group Mab Lab, a band that featured Kate on vocals and organ, Eric Brown on drums, Andy Shaw on guitar and bass, and Mike Graves on turntables and vocals. Oh, that was all Eric Brown's doing. I mean, to get it going, absolutely, 100%. He pursued me and was like, we're going we're gonna to make music together. And we, and we did. You have become a, a only flight. You have become a, a, a only flight. You have become a a only flight. You have become a a a only flight. Rain shining, shining like rain. Glassed over glass, I still. You fill me up. 
ended up, uh, he lived in Woodruff Place. And in a tiny, you know, have you been, you've been to Woodruff Place? I lived, lived there for like 12 years. You lived there, of course. <laughs> yeah. But you know how like those houses are turned into like 15 apartments and some of them are like half a kitchen and, you know, it's practically cut down the, you know, windows cut in half between two apartments. Um, so it was that small. And we used to just, you know, sit in his living room slash dining room slash bedroom, you know, basically all-purpose room. And he had a Tascam uh, four-track. And we just started recording drum and keyboard concepts and, um, you know, just being weird. And it worked. You have become I felt like it was just as much a part of me as, as the other music I was pursuing. Just a totally different way of approaching it. Um, and I think maybe it comes back to the listening element. Like uh, through meeting Eric, I started listening to a whole lot of different music. Um, same with Mike. I mean, I think about Mike all the time when I'll hear snippets of music, uh, you know, songs and things that like oh man I know that Mike is the one who introduced me to that song and you know sometimes I don't even know the names but you know it's just a feeling and all of a sudden I'm back you know and, and Mike's spinning records in the studio or whatever it felt it felt good to be balanced between um, you know the the kind of influences and the the genres I guess that that blueprint music was um, derived from and then kind of this other completely different um, way of developing music in totally different genres that, that Mad Lab was influenced by.
did start to build build a following, and I think a lot of it had to do with our chemistry on stage. Um, you know, Eric is like he's just intense. You know, great, great intense drummer. Um, Andy was like I always called him the prince. I don't know. He's just like always in a good mood, just the kindest person, just enjoying himself no matter what. And he gave people that that feeling, you know, and that was great. And then Mike, you know, great lyricist, great DJ, but like incredible lyricist, you know, I almost forget sometimes that he was an MC because he does so much of this amazing art and DJing that like, you know, you don't get to hear him be an MC as much, but he was fantastic lyricist in talking about the you know what was happening in the world at that time and I was very interested in that as well that was really important to me and I think we had a really unique situation where we could bridge some of the um, I think music gave us a platform to talk about issues together I think visually you know that was something people hadn't seen before maybe you know, a white girl and a black guy on stage together talking about the same thing that they cared about, you know, things happening politically, things, um, school shootings. I remember we wrote about the Columbine shooting when that was, you know, I don't know how long ago that was now, but it's, you know, that was kind of one of the first major school shootings, if not the first one that people kind of remember, um, it was very impactful, you know, basically anything that was happening in the world at that moment, we were, we were experiencing it together and, and, and talking about it together. So I think we had this safe music bubble where, you know, we could really work together to share a message. At least that's kind of how I look at it now. Is there a song from Ma the Mab Lab days that you feel like really captures the group sound or that you would want to share? Oh, gosh. Um, I really like... It's hard to pick one, but I really liked uh, Dreams of Chicago. Yeah, let's listen to that. Yeah. This is Mab Lab. I'm here with Kate Lamont, vocalist, former vocalist of Mab Lab, and this is Dreams of Chicago.
you're listening to Cultural Manifesto. My guest tonight is Kate Lamont. Later on in the program, I'll be sharing tracks off Kate's new album, What Happens Next is Everything. And we just heard the song Dreams of Chicago by Mab Lab. And all the Mab Lab tracks I featured tonight are available on a compilation titled A Mab Lab Reader, 1999 to 2003. Let's return to my conversation with Kate Lamont as she talks about her work with the Americana folk group Blueprint Music. While Mab Lab was active, you were a part of this project with Doug Sauter, Blueprint Music. Mm-hmm. You made three or four records with Blueprint Music? Yeah, we did four. Yeah. And stylistically, this was kind of on the opposite end of the music spectrum from mm-hmm. Mab Lab. Was, <laughs> did you intentionally seek out these extreme ends of music making, or is that just kind of... It just kind of happened naturally that you got involved with these two different projects. It just happened naturally. And like I said, I think I felt a good sense of balance because I didn't only want to focus on folk music and I didn't only want to focus on electronic music. Both, you know, are hugely in, influential in the way that I write. And I do listen to both, although I tend to listen probably to more electronic music. I agonized over it, to be quite honest. But I never quit either band for a long, long time because I just really felt like I, I needed both outlets. When you're tired, take yourself to bed. Won't do no good until you rest in your head. sleep 
listening to Cultural Manifesto. My guest tonight is Kate Lamont. And up next, I'm going to play the title track off Kate's 2003 LP, Ghosts and Eskimos, recorded with Blueprint Music. But first, let's hear Kate's take on the song. I'm quite proud of those lyrics, and, um, and, and the recording of that song is really good. Um, I still like it it's definitely stood the test of time to me it's you know, a lot of things that you know when you've got a deep catalog there's some things you just can't listen to anymore and that's fine I mean I know there's some artists that say they uh you know they never listen to their music again I don't know if it was Leonard Cohen or who am I thinking of that uh documentary that I saw recently but um they're like yeah I never listen to my projects ever <laughs> but, but I really enjoy listening to certain songs and that one is definitely um it just sounds ghostly and i'm really proud of the lyrics so good choice save me this light piercing like dawn Soft like moon Give me an ocean Not yet frozen A home not forgotten Cancer spreads like ice Over our liberty strange divinity in controlling our enemy Frozen 
You're listening to Cultural Manifesto. And my guest tonight is Kate Lamont. And Kate will be performing two shows in Indianapolis on Thursday, June 28th. You can catch a free lunchtime concert with Kate at Eskenazi Hospital at 12 p.m. And later that evening, Kate will be at Pioneer in Fountain Square. That show starts at 10 p.m. And tickets are $7. Head to katelamont.com for more information. In this next segment, we'll be talking about Kate's work as a solo artist, beginning with her 2010 solo debut, After the Traffic, produced by Vess Rutenberg. I asked Kate why she decided to work as a solo artist in 2010 after years of performing in a group context. Um, it was the right time. I mean, I, like I said, I'd been uh, working in both of these bands for a long time. I think both of them had pretty much disbanded at this point. Fourth of July It was coming down that year Everyone Scattered Further down the road He could see the lightning storm Nothing else Mattered She took a had a child and he was born in 2005 so I had just kind of had this experience of being um, being able to spend um, almost all of my time with him for the first three years of his life and, and then I think a lot of that inspired me and I was also living in a house with a grand piano and so I just kind of started writing these these songs that were inspired by um, life at that time. I am an old woman How long does it take For me to turn over All the beds I had to make And all the meds they made me face that I can't shake All the love I didn't
was also going through a divorce, so, you know, I'm, I'm just going to say, you know, that, that definitely influenced what I was writing at the time. It felt like the right time to, to try that. I had ne never done um, any solo work, although, you know, I had written music by myself and certainly um, co-wrote, you know, 100% of the music that, that I'd been performing for the last... Um, 10 years or so, but yeah. yeah. I think it just, you know, it was the right time. All that I am is a picture of you In this reflection will others see true Pure of intention, the words from kind of going through your catalog here if you hadn't noticed <laughs> in 2013 catching up. yeah in 2013 <laughs> you released your second album self-titled solo album Kate Lamont tell me about that record that was a really fun record to make um, uh, worked on that record uh, was produced by Devin Ashley um, who I you know worked with years and years before and we had recently started playing together. He he played on my After the Traffic shows with me when I was touring that record. And so we had started working together again. And, you know, I just realized, like, I really want Devin. I'd heard a lot of the stuff that he had produced for other people um, through the years. And it was always so unique, so good, really had the essence of the the Indianapolis sound, I thought. And hip-hop sensibility, gospel sensibility, very melodic, very interesting, super groove. And so I asked him, I was like, hey, you know, will you produce this record? Because he had, he had already uh, played a couple tracks for me, and, and we'd, we'd done a couple tracks, but, you know, I hadn't, like, officially asked really for his uh, input, you know? And he was like, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> I've been waiting, you know?
that was a lot of fun to write. We wrote a lot of it in the Murphy building in 203. And yeah, it was just kind of a magical year of, of coming up with these songs that were very uh, groove focused, but very mood focused. Like there's definitely a feel to that whole record that is a particular mood. I'm Kyle Long, and you're listening to Cultural Manifesto. My guest tonight is Kate Lamont. And we've been listening to some tracks off Kate's 2010 LP, After the Traffic, and her self-titled release from 2013. Kate's new album is titled What Happens Next is Everything, her first release in five years. In this next segment, Kate will share how changes in her life influence the music on What Happens Next is Everything. You know, the day job was actually a huge like full career opportunity, you know, to help build a company. I was I was um, the first person hired to um, run the internal operations of the company. Um, so still at the very grassroots level of the company. And so it was a huge, huge opportunity um, and something that I was like super committed to. And I think, you know, uh, the challenge of that was it wasn't music, right? So... I think the the music, uh, there were several years there where I didn't get to make music, you know. I really had to focus on learning these new skill sets and, and this new industry and focus on being a mother. So, I mean, the music, it, the music on this record is really the story of the mother artist, you know, going going through all those emotions and, and, and the periods of time where I literally didn't focus on it at all and then come back, kind of the lights turned back on, right? But then all the struggle that comes with that, you know, of, uh, um, you know, wanting to quit because there just aren't enough hours in the day to do a great job at your, at your you know, job uh, at mothering and at music. Like they're just, I mean, you can only split yourself so many ways and, and have like an amazing finished product in each way you know in each category so you know all those things became sources of inspiration certainly the journey of of motherhood on its own is enough to fill volumes and volumes a lot of the music I noticed lessons that I was learning that that I was actually learning from being a mother you know and then it was like an opportunity to reflect it back to my child as his lesson as well. So it was like, you know, I'd learn it and then I'd reflect it back to him. And it was like, it's so cyclical because it's the, you know, it's the, the motherhood that, that creates the space to learn the lesson and then to reflect it back to your child. I don't know if that makes sense, but, um, that was a huge, huge source of inspiration. Also the, the beauty that comes from transition, you know, um, change and like when you do get to the other kind of the other side of, of of the painful part of that you get to start to see how much of a gift change is and so I think a lot of the record is sort of about I mean the title what happens next is everything is is kind of about that it's like you know this is a this is a, a transformation record and on the other side is 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 what happens next and and that's you know um 
the 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 gift of of the change effort, you know. From her new album, What Happens Next is Everything. This is Kate Lamont with Trip. I'm Kyle Long, and you're listening to Cultural Manifesto. Between the world and me. Between the world and me Tell me what you want from me
I'm Kyle Long, and you're listening to Cultural Manifesto. My guest tonight is Kate Lamont, and we just heard the track Trip off Kate's new album, What Happens Next is Everything. And one final reminder, Kate will be performing two shows in Indianapolis on Thursday, June 28th. You can catch a free lunchtime concert with Kate at Eskenazi Hospital. That kicks off at 12 p.m. And later that evening, Kate will be at Pioneer in Fountain Square. And that show starts at 10 p.m., and tickets are $7. Again, both shows are on Thursday, June 28th. Let's return to my conversation with Kate Lamont. And folks can buy your new project, keep up with your live dates at your website, katelamont.com. That's right. And Kate, if you don't have a song picked out to end the show with, I actually wanted to play the flip side of your single, Soba, which is a great soulful track. Is that cool with you? Absolutely. Um, There is a story Yeah, please share. Yeah. Sober. Uh, A friend of mine had had sampled uh, Michael Henderson tune and and that's what you hear on sober it's uh, called let me love you michael henderson was and is an amazing bass player he still tours and plays um he played with um miles davis he played with herbie hancock stevie wonder a lot of amazing people um and i ended up really loving what my friend had done he'd asked me to to put some some bgvs on it and so i did and then I was like, you know, hey, I think I'd really like to do something with that. And so I did, and then I decided, like, okay, well, if this is going to be on my record, I need to get the right sample clearance for this and everything. So um, I just, like, kind of got on the web and found a personal email address. I didn't know who it went to. I thought it was a manager or something. Ended up being Michael's address. He ended up corresponding with me directly, and he really appreciated that I had reached out because – you know, there's a lot of, I won't say the names because it's not my story to tell, but there are a lot of very, very large acts that have sampled him. And he's spent, you know, sometimes 10, 15 years trying to get royalties from those people who made a ton of money off of his music. So he really appreciates being approached and um, to people to have their kind of their uh, priorities straight, I guess, in terms of um, honoring him and, and his music. So now, um, you know, we've we've become friends and I'm really excited I'm going to get to meet him. He's playing at Yoshi's in, in Oakland in July and, and um, I'm going to go check that out. Yeah, he's he's a really cool guy. So this experience has, has uh, kind of made that song even more meaningful to me, just getting to know who he is. Kate, I'm so appreciative of you taking time to be here today. Um, you and Mike Graves and the music you made were a huge influence and inspiration oh, to me and inspired awesome. me to, you know, think about doing my own projects. And it was evidence that something different could flourish here. So, man, I've just been a huge oh, fan man. of you for many, thank many, you for many years. So thank you so much. Appreciate that the means opportunity. a lot to me, Yeah, Kyle. thank you. From her new album, What Happens Next is Everything, this is Kate Lamont with Sober.
That's all the time we have for tonight. Thank you for tuning in. And thank you to my guest, Kate Lamont. I'm Kyle Long, and you've been listening to Cultural Manifesto, made possible in part by the Indianapolis Foundation, celebrating over 100 years of service. <laughs>